Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. How many are ready for the word today? Did you come ready? Because I came ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I said I came ready to charge hell with a water pistol. If you're new here, just look at your neighbor and say, this is our pastor. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. I want to go to Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, if you have your Bible. If you don't, we got two big Bibles, one to the left and one to the right. Look up at the screen. This is our series text. It says this, Jesus speaking, I will build what? My church, Jesus says, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Let's read it one more time. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I'm so grateful that Jesus is the general contractor, the GC on the job, and we are called to be his laborers. We are called to help him in the building of his church. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the representation of Jesus. We are his body, the body of Christ here on earth. And I'm just excited that as long as he remains the GC on the job, the church cannot and will not lose. Hell can't overcome it. And as long as we keep Jesus the main thing, we are going to see a revival in our communities in these last days. If you believe that, give me a good amen. Amen. And really, that's what this series is about. We're looking at some foundational pieces of our church that a little over seven years ago, we established some values and and a mission for our church. And I want to remind you of those values as we continue to move into our eighth year of ministry. The number of seven is the number of completion. The number of eight means the number of new beginnings. And as we step into the new year, we're going to be stepping into some new beginnings as a church. And you are, if you're attached to this church, you are stepping into some new beginnings in your marriage, in your finances. The things that once held you back are going to be broken in the name of Jesus. I was speaking prophetically right there. In my prayer time, I've felt that over our church as we step into January 2023. But today's message is uh, off of one of our core values. We have 10 core values. If you don't know them, they're on the website. They're posted mostly around our building as well. But one of our 10 core values is this. We are a judgment-free zone. This is, this is a judgment-free zone. Like when you pull your car up on the property, it becomes a judgment-free zone. What does that mean? It means it's all about love. Somebody say love. It's all about encouragement and acceptance. That's what it's about. Now, this, this means that we don't compromise what we believe, but we meet people where they're at and we allow the Holy Spirit to produce a life change in them. We know that we have no power to change somebody's life. We have no power. So if we don't have no power to change their life, then why are we walking around judging them? 
Now I'm going to preach this like I feel it. The 10 o'clock, they were fired up, but I told them the 1130 is going to be throwing chairs up in the church, (laughs) throwing chairs in the church. Anyway, no, this, this means we allow the Holy Spirit to do his job and he, he convicts people of sin because how many are grateful for the Holy Spirit that even this week he convicted you of some wrong attitudes and and the sin in your I'm grateful for the leading of the Holy Spirit and he does his job and we do our job as the church and that is one thing and that's called to love people we're not called to change people we're called to love people right where they're at no matter where they're at no matter where they've been no matter what they've done no matter what they look like No matter how big or great their sin or struggle is, we are required, according to the scriptures, to love people, not judge people. When we started this church, we had a mission. We wanted everyone, somebody say everyone, everyone who walked through our doors to feel like they belonged here, belonged here. The truth is, today... There are millions of people attending churches and they're walking into those churches feeling like they do not belong. They don't belong. We wanted people to feel a sense of belonging to our church family. So in our third message of our series, My Church, I want everyone to know that my church welcomes all without judgment. Let's say that together. Ready? My church welcomes all without judgment. One more time. You're sounding good. My church. Have you ever been to a place and you felt unwelcomed? Come on. Have you ever walked into a restaurant and you felt unwelcomed into a store and you felt unwelcome somebody's house and you felt unwelcome? Let's take it a step further. Have you ever walked into a church and felt unwelcomed. Yeah. Yeah. We've all felt unwelcomed at some place or time in our lives. And it's one of the most uncomfortable feelings that one can experience. Like, have you ever walked into an environment and you said to yourself, I don't fit in here. I I, I just, I don't fit in here. Like I don't look like these people. I'm not dressed like these people. And it feels as if it's some exclusive club that you're not a part of. Almost like a country club feeling. Like in a country club, you pay monthly dues to be a part of that country club. And you go there and you eat at their restaurant and you play golf, come on somebody. You hit that little white ball around the green grass, come on now, not my sport, but it's somebody's sport, right? And you pay your dues, you pay your dues and you show up. You pay your dues, your membership dues. That's what I love about our church. We don't have membership here. We have ownership because we don't want you to just say, hey man, I put some offer. I put some money in the offering pastor. I'm going to sit on my blessed assurance and you preach to me and then come back the next Sunday. Here I am again. Hey man, I paid my tithes. I paid my dues. Now give me what I want. I want the color change and I want the temperature down and the lights and the music down. Give me what I want. No, we don't have membership here. We have ownership completely different because when you take ownership over your church, when somebody talks about your church or pastor, you stand up and you knock them out. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some people on the front row are like, yep. (laughs) Don't talk about my pastor. (laughs) Huh? When you take ownership, you come to the house of God and you see things different. 
When you see a need, you meet a need. When you see trash in the parking lot, you don't wait for, oh, that's the parking team. No, this is the house God has called me to. I'm going to take ownership. This is the house God has planted me and my family in. This is the house of God, and I'm part owner in this thing. Hmm? I want to remind us that in the church, it's so easy to be all about God, but not about the people who look different and act different than us. I want to remind us that in the church, we can all be about spiritual things, but not be about the people that behave and have sins different than us. We can know the scriptures about love your neighbor as yourself, yet come to despise them because they look different. They vote different. They raise their kids different and they believe different. We, we, we can come into church and I want us to check our hearts towards others because Here's why. Here's why. Because we live in this society and everything has changed in the last couple of years, but we live in this society where every disagreement now becomes a line in the sand we draw. And so you're on that side and I'm on this side. And because you don't believe like me and vote like me and be, and because we see things different in the world and we see things different in the church, I'm drawing my land line in the sand and I'm not crossing over. You need to come over to my side. And so therefore we argue, therefore we bicker against each other, therefore we talk bad about each other and bash each other, and we relentlessly stay on our side. And when we relentlessly stay on our side, ultimately we allow hate to come into our hearts. God forbid that what's happening in culture and society creeps into the church where we sit on one side and they sit on the other side and we don't like them. God forbid that happens in the church. Someone's saying, man, pastor, are we having some problems? Nope, really aren't. I'm just reminding you of who we are. We are, my church, come on, welcomes all without judgment. Hmm? So at our church, we welcome all without judgment, no matter what you look like, no matter where you've been. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what your financial status is, no matter your darkest secrets, no matter what, this is a place that we welcome all without judgment. Let me define a few words. The first word is welcome. Somebody say welcome. It's defined as this, to greet someone in a glad or friendly way or to be nice. May a revival of niceness come back to our nation. Yeah. May a revival of niceness come back to the big C church. Come on now. Uh, We've lost the virtue of being nice. We we, we lost it because because we don't like them now. We don't agree with them now. And if we're not careful, church, we can take on that spirit of judgment that the world is portraying. The second word I want to define is judgment. It means an opinion or perception based on a thought. An opinion or perception. Somebody say perception. See, my perception about an individual or about an environment is my perception. But perception is not always reality of the individual or the environment that I may be in. It could be my reality, but not the reality. Are you tracking with me? Are any hunters in here? Are you tracking with me? And, and, and so, so we got to be careful that we have these preconceived thoughts in our minds towards others. And we can create our own reality that isn't a reality. Sometimes our perception 
is the reality of the person or the situation. But I found out a lot of times in my mind, it's my own perception of them. And so we all know this, but you know, when we're judgmental and we're pointing the finger at individuals, we need to remember that there are three fingers pointing back at us. Three fingers pointing back at us. Be, be careful if you go down that road, because when you judge another, you don't define them. You define yourself. I'm sorry. You mark yourself out on Facebook. And some of you just need to get off of Facebook and quit judging and bashing people because they look and vote and believe different than you. Someone said, where, 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 where are we going to vote, pastor? We're going to vote the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. It's very clear in the word how we should vote. Kill a shout up in here. I'm going to drink my blue Gatorade zero on that. And so it's easy to make snap decisions about people based on their looks, based on their character, based on their race, based on their job, based on where they live and what they drive. And in the church, we can do the same thing if we're not careful, because it's easy to judge people based on their lack of spirituality. It's easy to judge people by their behaviors outside of the church. And it's so easy to look at someone else and say, thank God that I am better than them. Thank God I don't do that. Thank God I don't act that way. Because their behaviors and sin are so known and everyone sees them. May I remind us all that we are no better than them just because we sin different than them. Ooh, I want to stay there, but I can't. And here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. In my life, in my experience of 23 years serving God, very few people that I've seen in the church, very few people have ever got judged into a life change. But I got a list of thousands of people who have been loved into a life change. But very few people get judged into life change. Most of them get loved into a life change. And I believe as a church, as we rally into our eighth year, we have to fight judgment, this judgmental attitude with love, empathy, kindness, and compassion. So I want to look at a story that best illustrates our topic today in Luke's gospel. And I want to read the entire text because I want you to get the entire story here. I believe it's important. Let's start reading. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and he sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard that he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet as she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him, speaking of Jesus, when the Pharisee saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Sinner, Jesus. She's a sinner. This is what he thought in his mind. Notice the next verse. 
Then Jesus answered his thoughts. <laughs> Be careful what you think. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces of silver to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman. He said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the moment, from the first time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, they're many. There's a lot. <laughs> Mucho grande. Come on, somebody. A lot of sins, but they've been forgiven. So she has shown me so much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at this table said among themselves, who is this man that goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith, eh, that's why you're saved. Go in peace. Notice that they made her feel unwelcomed at this dinner. But Jesus said, I welcome you without judgment. They had an absence of grace, but Jesus had an abundance of grace. They had no mercy, but Jesus had much mercy. They had judgment, but Jesus had love. Can I tell you that love always wins? Church, can I tell you that love wins? Let's begin to read 1 Corinthians 13 because it's all about love. And I love that love covers a multitude of sins. The love of God covers a multitude of sins. I want to give you three statements today on why we are a welcoming church. And I hope this speaks to you from this text. The first statement is this. Jesus Christ welcomes all who come to him. Does all mean all in Indiana? Does that mean everybody? Does that mean anyone? No matter what they look like? No matter their past? No matter how they voted? Does all mean all? Come on, I can't hear you, church. Okay, I just want to make sure. Because here at the table, there were several different types of people. First of all, Jesus accepts the invitation to have dinner with these religious elite Pharisees. So even though, and we know this because we read the Gospels, we know that he always had tension between this group of people church leaders because they were very good at acting the part, but not actually living it out. Warning, you could come to church every week and act like a Christian, but not live it out Monday through Saturday. And you could live a completely different lifestyle. And you can come in every Sunday and you put your Sunday vest and you got your Bible and your highlighter and say, praise God. Hallelujah. God is good all the time and all the time. Right? 
And you can act the part, but not really be living it. And so he, he, he despised their systems. He despised their lack of compassion towards the lost, but he welcomed them. He welcomed them. He said yes to that invitation. The second person that was there was a prostitute. Somebody say a prostitute. In the church with Jesus. Prostitute. That's what she was. She had a jar of oil. And the oil if you study it out, was worth a year's wages. A year's wages from her job as a prostitute. And she took what was unholy and brought it to the man that was holy. And everything changed for her in that moment when she took that oil that represented a year's wages and she had one encounter with Jesus. And the church people tried to stop it. The church people said, nope, not today. She doesn't look like us. We know who she is. And some of them knew who she was. I'll just leave it right there. I don't need to elaborate on that. You're smart enough to get it. And she took that oil. And she did what was right in the midst of judgment, in the midst of the religious elite, in the midst of everybody. She didn't care what they thought. It was one encounter with Jesus. He welcomed her to be there. In the book of Acts, there was this debate going on in the church. It, it was between Peter and some of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees said to all the, these Gentiles that were coming to Christ and getting saved, Gentiles was unbelievers or unchurched people. Hey, all these people that are coming to Christ, they need to go back and get circumcised. Like that's what the law says, right? And all the men were like, no, we don't. <laughs> anyway, and Peter says, listen, Peter says, listen, you're placing a yoke on the neck of these people, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to endure. And watch this scripture, Acts 15, 19. He goes on to say, we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles to come to God. Fuel church, we should not make it difficult for unchurched unbelievers to come to God. We shouldn't make it difficult. We shouldn't make it difficult. We should make it easy for them to come to the house of God to hear of how Jesus can change their life. And I believe in the big C church, we have so many hoops for people to jump through that we make it difficult for them to come to God. And so they run in the opposite direction because we want the fish clean before we catch it. And it doesn't work that way. God catches us, then he cleans us. God catches us, then the Holy Spirit cleans us. And it's not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. Because when Jesus gets your heart, the behavior changes. The addiction changes. The abuse changes. The wrong thoughts change. When Jesus transforms your heart. I'm sorry, I'm getting loud. But I'm passionate about this. If I had one life message, it's this. I want our church to be a welcoming church. No judgment. I, I want everybody that walks through these doors that we say, welcome home. You're part of the family. We're all sinners. We're all messed up. We all got issues. 
Christ accepts everyone. Although he may not approve of my lifestyle at times or yours, he accepts us because the love of Christ transcends it all. And the gospel, the gospel is this, come as you are, come as you are, come as you are. But that's not suggesting you stay where you are. So that's not a pass to live however you want. No, no, no. There's some principles in here. And so that's why you got to get in this book. That's why you got to get planted in a good local Bible believing church to know about the life change God wants to bring to your life. It, it, it's a journey. Meeting Jesus puts you on a lifelong journey of heart transformation and criticizing and putting others down and comparing and getting angry doesn't help them. I've never won somebody to Christ by being judgmental to them. I've won a lot of people to Christ by loving them, by walking with them on their journey, by being patient with them on their journey. I want a lot of people who I've walked with showing compassion, even when they fell, even when they fell again and a hundred times and just saying, Hey man, I love you. I'm here for you. I'll walk with you no matter what. That's how people come into the kingdom. Not from this, not by going into work tomorrow and doing this. We're saying shame on you. And Jesus saying, no, no, the shame's off of them. Stop. I just believe what we have in common is greater than what can separate us. We have the cross in common with those who are far from God. The same cross, the same blood that saved you is the same blood that wants to save them. Hmm? Number two, number two, as we become as we continue, rather, to be a welcoming church, we need to realize that religious hypocrites offer only selective welcome with judgment. Oh, don't get so high on your spiritual horse that you think you're better than somebody because they just got saved or they're a month into it or they're six months into it and they're still smoking and joking and cussing. Come on now. Chewing and running with those who doing. Come on now. Hmm? It's very easy to be the religious hypocrite. Okay, I'll speak about me then. It's very easy for me to be the religious hypocrite and say, why aren't they further along? Man, they just don't get it. Man, what's their problem? I've sat in that seat. I've sat in that seat. And we need to avoid hypocrisy of selective welcoming. Oh, I welcome some people, but not everybody. I, this sector of people, this group, I, I, I welcome them, but not this group. Not this group. And so this woman, she was so ashamed at the beginning of who she was because everybody at that table at the party knew who she was. That the Bible says she was, she's behind Jesus profusely weeping. The tears are falling. And Jesus gives her the attention, even though shame, even though he knew everything about her and she knew he knew everything. She's weeping profusely, knowing how pure and holy he was and how dirty she was. Look at what the religious hypocrite said. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Notice that he said to himself, his thoughts 
about her. I caution you, church, to be careful about your judgmental thoughts as well. Not just what comes out of our mouth towards others, but sometimes we're thinking things. Sometimes I'm thinking things about people and I'm being judgmental. And so here we see that happening. And Jesus, he just knows all and he read his mind and called him out on it, right? But he said, she's a sinner. This Pharisee was upset. Why? He had planned the party. The invitations went out. The crew was there. The elect of the elect. Come on, the Pharisee of Pharisees was here. This was a big deal. Jesus is showing up. There's the seats, the placemats, the catered food. Come on now. It was all decorated. And he was mad because she messed up his plans. She messed up his plans. And he let Jesus know. He let Jesus know, hey, I don't want her here. She's a sinner. She's messing up my plans. Fuel Church, I need you to know. I need you to know that if this is your church, our plans will get messed up when sinners come in. The church is messy. Welcome to a messy church because we're all human. We all got flaws and it gets messy. Oh, I want to stay there, but I can't. A prostitute was not in his party planning. I'm going to leave that there and move on. Um, hey, hey, fuel. Hey, fuel. Hey, fuel church. Hey, fuel. Are you ready for our church to get a little more messy? Because it's harvest time in the spiritual. I know it's harvest time in natural. I was talking to Rusty, one of our farmers here. We have many farmers in this church. I pray over them. I call them every year right before harvest, and I say a prayer over them. Yeah, I want you to know that. I do that every year. I love, I love what they're doing out in those fields. They're feeding us, by the way. You better thank God for the farmers. It's harvest time in the natural, but it's harvest time in the spiritual. And so... I'm not looking for that one o'clock just to, no, I'm looking for a messy one o'clock because there's a lot of lost, hurting people, right? There's a lot of people who are battling mental health right now who need the peace of God. The, the Pharisees first response should have been, I'm not any better than her. I'm not any better, but his judgmental response was she's a sinner, but we all need the grace. We've all fallen. And what he was saying was this. Listen, it's not fair. It's not fair, Jesus, that you're showing her grace that quick. Jesus, we have a whole list of what she's done and who she's been with. We need some time with you, Jesus. It's not fair. It's not fair. This was a party for us. It's not fair that she is invited to stay here. And I've learned to know this. Grace isn't fair until you need some. If not for the grace of God, I could not stand up here every week and preach to you. The same grace that covers me and changes me and rearranges my heart 
is the same grace that the drug addict needs, that the prostitute needs, that those who are shaking their fist at God and mad, they need the same grace that is available to you and I. I can hear it. Well, there are different types of sin, Pastor. All sin is sin. All sin is the same. Watch this. And all sin is not the same. Some is more perverse and has different consequences. Watch this. But all sin is the same in the sense that if it's not brought under the finished work of Christ on the cross, it is enough to send you or me to a Christless eternity. Do you hear me, church? So we don't have categories for sin. Not this church. Not this church. We welcome all without judgment. And every person in here, watch this, as we're about to close. Every person in here is either the Pharisee who thinks he or she is better than the woman and doesn't need Jesus, or every person in here is the sinful woman who knows she needs his forgiveness. So you're, you're either the Pharisee who thinks you're better, who thinks I don't need forgiveness, or you're the sinner who knows I need forgiveness. I want to be the latter. I want to be the latter because I know that when I experience that forgiveness and that grace, I am now in a position to offer it to someone else. I'm now in a position like this instead of like this because the same grace, the same forgiveness that I received, I can now extend to you in the person of Jesus Christ. And I don't look at you through any filter and I don't look at you because of what you posted. I don't look at you, but as a child of God, a sinner in need of a savior, which one are you today? Which one are you today? Which one are you today? Are you hindering? Are you making it difficult for people to come to God? Because you're in the seat of the Pharisee. You're in the seat of judgment. There is one judgment seat that all will face. There is no judgment seats here on earth that you and I are called to sit on as believers of Jesus Christ. There is one judgment seat. Let the one who does the judging, who sits in the judgment seat, continue doing the judging. And we do our part and we love people. We love people. There, there, there was someone in our church and don't try to figure it out because it was years ago. Who is it? Who is it? And this, this gentleman came to me and said, well, pastor, I just have a problem with those certain people being in our church. Yeah. What's your problem? Well, do you know who they are? Yeah, sure do. Do you know what sins they partake of? Well, probably not all of them, but probably aware of a few. Well, he just got all jerky on me. Well, what? Well, I I just think you, you, you shouldn't allow him here. You shouldn't allow him here. And I looked at him just like I'm saying it right now with boldness of the Holy Ghost. And I said, we allow you here. (laughs) 
Number three, are we like Jesus welcoming all who come to our church without judgment? Are we like Jesus? I want us to examine our heart in these next few moments. Are we like Jesus? Are we like Jesus? Because we can become the judgmental Pharisee as we forget we are the sinful woman. So we must remember we are that sinful woman. So we welcome all without judgment. So no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey, no matter how much knowledge you have of the scriptures, no matter your financial status, your struggle in life, in our church, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. There's no hierarchy. There's no different levels. The ground is level at the foot of the cross to the proud, to the poor, to the rich, to the downtrodden. All are welcome at this church. Wherever you live, whatever car you drive, whatever brand of clothes you have on, wherever you work, you are welcome at this church because we all have a disease called sin and we figured out the remedy. It's Jesus. It's the blood. It's the cross. And the same grace, the same blood that forgives us, we extend to others. And we say, my church welcomes all without judgment. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we are grateful that you are building your church. You're building this church. And Lord, we just firmly believe our best days are right ahead. Lord, we thank you that you're speaking to our hearts right now and any, any inner Pharisees that's talking to us, the inner Pharisee tries to come out. Lord, we resist that judgmental attitude, that judgmental spirit that tries to come on all of us at times. And we just choose to love people. We just choose to love people. Love covers a multitude of sins. We are nothing. The Bible says we are bankrupt. We're empty without love. And so God, let, let love ooze out of us, each and every person, as they go to their jobs tomorrow, as they go to school tomorrow. Lord, as they go into their neighborhoods and hang out with family today and friends, Lord, let the love of God flow through them. It's the love that changes people. And we just thank you, God, that we'll continue to be a church that welcomes all without judgment, without judgment. Now, if you're here today or you're watching online and you've never said a prayer inviting Jesus into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, it'd be my honor to pray with you today. It'd be my privilege. Or maybe you're here and you're a Christian and you've just fallen away from the faith, made some wrong decisions, but you know today you need to rededicate your life. We want to pray with you. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to call you up or anything like that. But before we pray, I just want to see who I'm talking to. If you say, Jacob, that's me. I'm far from God. I got some things in my heart I need to get right. And I want to do it now. I know tomorrow's not promised. Hands are already shooting up. If that's you, throw up that hand. Hands are already shooting up. I see all those hands in the back. I see you right here in the middle. I see you on the left side, the right side. I see you over here in the front. Awesome. Awesome. You're ready. If you're unsure of eternity. If you were to take your last breath, do you know where? Do you know where you'll go? I don't know. I'm, I'm unsure. I'm not sure if I'm safe. You can be sure today by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and you can start this journey of heart and life transformation. Throw that hand up. 
watching online, throw up that hand right now. We want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Three, three new hands up right there. Awesome. 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 Let's all pray with them because we are a family here. Say, Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Create in me a clean heart, O oh Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you died for my sins. Be with me along this spiritual journey and continue to change my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's rejoice with every hand up. Come on. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.